My name is M. Jason Graham, and this is the M. Jason Graham Show. Homeless Teens, Invisible Community, Part 4. I believe that children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense of pride to make it easier. Let the children's laughter remind us how we used to be. For those who aren't familiar, those are iconic lyrics from the song, The Greatest Love of All. One of the greatest R&B songs of all time. I have to admit, I was today years old when I discovered that Whitney Houston actually covered this song. The song was originally released in 1977 on the soundtrack for the Muhammad Ali biopic, The Greatest. Linda Epstein, who was suffering from breast cancer, wrote the lyrics. She would eventually succumb to the disease at age 37. As an adult with 20 years of experience, Understanding the backstory on the lyrics makes it hit different, as the hyperlineals say. Today's guest is Mr. Joe Barb. He is the executive director and co-founder of the LGBTQ Family Connections Center, a community-driven nonprofit organization dedicated to assisting individuals and families impacted by LGBTQ plus matters. As usual, I can be reached by emailing vmjgshow at mjgstorycreation.com. And now, Mr. Joe Barb. Mr. Joseph Barb, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, very, very nice to be here today. Very good to see you, Jason. So, could you tell us a little bit about your background and then what need your organization fills? So my background um, was a little bit all over the place. Um, after college, um, I worked as a independent retail storefront developer um, doing brick and mortar design from concept to inception. Um, I also worked with a nonprofit that did aviation mechanic work and helped place individuals after they graduated with the um, aviation companies. And most recently, uh, before my current role, I was a client relationship manager and leadership for um, placement firm with several profit centers specializing in client management uh, on existing accounts, building new accounts. And they were mostly in the uh, production and manufacturing arena. And my current role is the founder, president, and executive director for the LGBTQ plus family connection center. Okay, tell us kind of your origin story as far as you and this organization is concerned. So the origin story, uh, I was at my barber shop. My barber shop, Barbara and I became friends over the years, and he was telling me a story that his stepchild had recently moved in, 10 years old, and I said, well, how's that going? He said, um, very well. He said, I don't think I ever told you my uh, stepchild is uh, a transgendered male. And I said, I wasn't aware of that, but irrelevant to the conversation. I said, you know, so how is family life now? How did the dichotomy in your family change? He said, well, it's difficult right now. He said, um, you know, my stepson is having um, 
difficulties with depression, um, being who he is and uh, fitting into society. And I said, okay. I said, and what are you and your wife doing to help your child? And um, he basically said they were seeking counseling. And it was very difficult to find anything other than an emergency petition. Most of the conversations with facilities were, is he a harm to himself? No. Is he a harm to the family? No. Well, we're very busy. Seek out counseling. And with that, got my hair cut. And I looked at him before I left. And I said, um, I'm going to do something. There's something that needs to be done here. Your, your child should be able to find counseling and assistance for you and your family without, without any um, pause. You should be able to, to find somewhere immediately. So with that, I reached out to several people that I knew. One is a scientist at National Park Service. Um, one is at John Hopkins and is a um, client coordinator. Basically, she facilitates walking people through the steps of their journey at the um, pediatric heart center. And then um, the other is a counselor at and programs director at Shepherd Pratt. And we have been friends for years and we were just having a conversation and, and I said, something needs to be done. Something needs to change. It should be really easy for LGBTQ plus youths and their families to find support, to uh, figure out how to overcome those communication issues and move forward. So with that, I looked at my husband and I said, I'm taking money out of our savings. I'm starting a nonprofit. I called a... Uh, community foundation in the Black Hills, and they recommended attorneys, they recommended CPA firms, um, and, and the work began. You mentioned that with your husband, that you basically let him know that you were taking money out of savings to do this. So he's been very supportive with this. I wouldn't necessarily call it a movement, but you're definitely filling a need. He knows my heart. He knows that I'm an activist by nature, not just for the LGBTQ plus community, but for all walks of life. I feel like you know, there are advantages for a lot of groups and there are disadvantages for a lot of groups. And I'm the one on the side cheerleading and pointing out disadvantages for groups that face obstacles that not everyone does. So I didn't, I didn't give him much of a choice. He, uh, he smiled, he smiled and knew on the car ride home that my personality that I was going to do it whether okay. he wanted me to or not. So speaking of that, what are three concerns or challenges facing homeless teens? And then with each one, if you could talk about how that challenge is uh, magnified with, within the LGBTQ cohort. Sure. Um, one of the biggest challenges is family support. Any child from the ages of, say, 11 to 18, 19 experiences a dramatic set of changes, and there's a lot of social pressure on who you are and how you present yourself. And for LGBTQ plus kids, that's probably magnified. Um, you know, the media, the world, so many things tell us that we're, we're not who we should be. And yet, you know, it's statistically proven that parents that embrace who their child is becoming and allow them to be who they are fosters everything good. Less, less suicide, um, less depression, less likely to use drugs and alcohol to combat self-esteem issues. You know, the, the support has to start at Okay. Um, what would you say is, a, is another challenge? Probably um, service providers, especially in light of COVID. The professionals that treat mental health are just overwhelmingly busy. COVID has changed all of our lives. It's 
created a sense of uh, mental health awareness more so than previously, which is great. It gives um, providers the ability to assist where needed. It also gives them a full schedule. It's very hard for um, providers to fit everybody in who needs help. And um, also service providers need to make sure that they're educated on LGBTQ plus individuals, especially the youth, on what they're experiencing, um, how they can help and support them. The organizations need to think outside of the box. We have a youth committee on our uh, nonprofit that identifies LGBTQ plus uh, that are ages 13 through 24, and they help recommend social programs for the facility and help shape the direction that the board wants to go in, because obviously they're experiencing things we're not. And one of the things that they identified was um, brick and mortar facilities weren't typically what they would like to do. It's kind of scary walking into a counselor's building in a brick and mortar facility with somebody you don't know and then having open conversations we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. How many of you got around to writing this year? You know, that short film about your uncle's affair with a jazz musician in Harlem, summer of 1932. Or a new Christmas musical to replace that tired cantata that puts everyone to sleep every year. Or maybe you're an actor who is sick of being cast as the drug-addicted single parent, recently incarcerated, or any other stereotype that is lazy shorthand for diversity. And you've decided, I'm doing Hamlet, but in the Matrix. To sleep, a chance to dream. Or maybe you just have this dope concept that's been keeping you up at night, and you need to flatten the edges before you show it to your cousin's director friend then it sounds like my discovery and development course is right for you. This is a six-week course where, for one hour a week, I walk you through the elements of story. That would be message, character, action, and conflict. I offer you feedback in real time and give you the opportunity to craft a meaningful story with unique, relatable characters whose journeys will entertain your audience for years to come. For an assessment and consultation, go to mjgstorycreation.com or click the link in the show notes. Until then, happy writing. And now, back to the podcast. Hi, my name is Dr. GMP. That's Dr. Graham in Purpose. And I am here to advise, teach, and govern you in the areas of business, finance, and leadership. As president of Utilitarian Financial Consulting Corporation, I build custom solutions using 20 years of experience and leadership research to identify the source of inefficiencies. From household corporations to global corporations, I am here to help you eliminate inefficiencies that hinder success. For more information on products and services, Go to drgnp, that's Dr. Graham in Purpose, dot com, drgnp, dot com. And now, back to the podcast. So that was something we wanted to overcome, and I definitely suggest that service providers look to other means of communication uh, to reach these kids. What would you say is a, a third challenge that 
that you've seen? I would say lastly, uh, communities, LGBTQ plus kids definitely need uh, community members to look up to, to confide in, to talk to, to talk about the things that they're experiencing, to help them overcome difficulties. And this has to begin not only at home, but with our teachers, the school districts, the counselors that serve the kids in schools, the police, uh, social services, down to their pastors. How, how these children are responded to makes a big difference on the direction of their mental health. Is there, is there anything else that you think that people should know about homeless teens or, and or LGBTQ homeless teens? Statistically, it, it's a crazy number. Uh, LGBTQ plus youths up to 400,000 ages 13 to 19 are in foster care each year, up to 1.9 million are homeless at any point in their um, ages of 13 to 19 that identify as LGBTQ. Plus the um, statistics say only about 7% of kids that age identify as LGBTQ plus, although the homelessness um, runs up to 40% of those homeless identify as LGBTQ plus. So there's a uh, disparaging difference in how we're reaching these uh, children and protecting them. I would say, and ultimate, ultimately, uh, you know, we're failing, we're failing the, um, the kids that do identify as LGBTQ plus that those numbers are so disparagingly different. I was going to say, it, it seems like, among other things, part of we have kids who are suffering in silence in their homes because they're afraid to come forward and talk about it either because of, of what they've seen in their community, the re response that there's been, or because there's, there's no, um, there's no one that they can actually talk to or feel comfortable talking to about that. Which was what you say? Absolutely. And that's, and that's exactly it. Without creating a safe space, if you, watch the news, if you watch the media, um, everything is telling these kids that they are wrong and that their life choice is wrong when they don't feel that it's a life choice. They feel that it's a path that they're, they're on, whether they want to be or not. And we need to reverse those, those imageries for them and let them know that who they are is okay and give them a safe space to be who they are. Okay. So this is the question that I ask every guest that this season, what are three books that you would recommend? The first one um, is a book called uh, What Do You Do With an Idea by uh, Kobe Yamada. It's actually um, a children's book, and it was recently sent to me by a member of the board of directors when we first um, incorporated. It's uh, basically talking about how you take an idea, especially one that's different or daring and allow your idea to grow and become bigger than yourself. And it's no longer part of you. It's part of the community. I love the book. It uh, was very inspiring for me. And then um, let's see a second one. I just recently, and this has to do with my um, exposure, um, being LGBTQ positive myself, I identify with uh, some subgroups within that context more so than others. And I don't know what it's like to be a transgender teen. Um, I don't know any transgender teens. So I, I purchased a book called um, Being Jazz, My Life as a Transgender Teen by Jazz Jennings. And the book is from a teen perspective and inspires um, to accept the differences in others while allowing their self to embrace becoming who they are. 
and I definitely felt in light of all the negative news within uh, you know, our communities that it was important for me to learn more perspective from a young transgendered person. And lastly, um, Susan Cottrell's book, Mom, I'm Gay. Susan Cottrell is a pastor and her husband Rob is also a pastor and they are, um, they have a nonprofit as well. They have two adult LGBTQ plus children who they went through their own struggles with um, their views and how the evangelical church uh, viewed LGBTQ plus kids and families. And um, with that, Susan and Rob decided to educate themselves on how to support and love their children, continue to have a positive relationship with God and still be able to um, keep that relationship strong with their children, all while not denying that uh, the love of Jesus Christ overcomes us all. I was just amazed at their work, amazed at who they were as individuals, and such a good book. Okay. If people want to know more about your organization or, or maybe get involved in and help, uh, where should they go? Our website is uh, www.lgbtqfamilyconnectionspluralcenter.net. We, again, are a new nonprofit, definitely need community support in order to reach our mission and move our mission forward. I stay up at night worrying about 400,000 kids, and I hope that your, uh, your audience has the same view and, and feel like this is something that needs to be overcome. Okay, so, so speaking directly to that, is there anything in particular your organization needs or is looking for, or is that information available on the website? That information is available on the website. We do have uh, quite a bit of information there, but our biggest need right now is uh, we're, we're fundraising. We are looking for community support in order to um, break ground on a center. Um, we are looking to be outside of the box. We would like it to be more like a vacation destination, campground um, with uh, cabins, campfires, uh, s'mores, outdoor movies where um, LGBTQ plus youth and their families can kind of break down those barriers of communication. They can um, benefit from counseling. They can also benefit from hiking and talking and just working through their issues and being removed from everyday life that causes our stress. It gives them a time to just be a family. Mr. Joseph Barb, thank you so much for the time that you spent with us today. I really appreciate it. Mr. Graham, very good to visit with you. I want to thank Mr. Barb for the time he spent with us today. He, like many of the guests of this podcast, is rolling up his sleeves and filling a need in our great society during a time when so-called experts are engaged in clout-chasing pontificants. If we use Mrs. Epstein's lyrics as the standard for achievement and audit our progress during the last two generations, how would we fare? Let's leave the baby boomers out of this discussion. They'll talk. They've already sucked the marrow out of the bones of life. This is about the millennials bringing up the hyperlineals with support from the Gen Xers. Collectively speaking, are we teaching the hyperlineals well or what we can fit in between other obligations? Are we letting them lead 
or fighting them all the way. When we look at them, do we see beauty, pride, or a darker reflection of who we used to be? For more information on the LGBTQ Family Connection Center, go to www.mjgstorycreation.com and click on the MJG Show button. If this episode made you think, please share it. But don't forget to like, favorite, or subscribe. Until next time, take care of each other. The M. Jason Graham Show is written and produced by M. Jason Graham. The theme was composed by Travis D. Artis. This has been the M. Jason Graham Show. I'm M. Jason Graham.